Hello everyone, welcome to Dark and Moth Show. And today we have a special guest who has decided that his name is Purple. Yes. <laughs> Would you like to tell you tell us about yourself? Um, so I knew Dark from work. Yeah. I guess that's the how CB. I it. From the CB, yeah. Um, he invited me on the podcast, and of course I said yes. I thought it would be a awesome idea. Now, I did not work with you um, at first. Like, I did not work with you at all. I think by the time that I got to be um, working at the the CB, you were long gone. No, yeah. I, believe... I think everybody was still mourning that you had left. <laughs> probably, yeah. If I was name-dropped a lot, probably. <laughs> yeah, you were. I a lot. Still I are. left that place. Still are. Still are. <laughs> still are. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we had, um, we decided to invite, uh, Purple onto our podcast, um, because he's a very good, uh, storyteller and he's very, very funny. And we thought it'd be a very good, um, topic idea to dive into our childhood, what our parents were like and what we were like as kids. Cause I, I honestly, we were very different. From what I do know, we were all very different people when we were really young. Oh, and definitely. I don't, I think if we all at, at some point met when we were at like the same age and we were super young, we'd probably hate the fuck out of each other. We would literally hate <laughs> each other so I was much. At least 100% a different person. Yes. And I say that with confidence. Like compared to now, holy shit. You I would wanna... probably beat my like younger self like, up. You want to dive into yeah. it? What were you like? Oh gosh. So just to start off, like I went to church. Oh God. Yeah, I can't see that now for anybody listening and who knows, like, and I did this, like, not against my will, like, I wanted to go. Yeah, because, you know, parents, Who you was know. I? Well, you kind of, like, know. you, you know, your My parents, parents didn't even push it. I was just like, yeah, I want to go to church. Being a good person, <laughs> hell yeah. Look, Dark is laughing already. <laughs> like, the fuck? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what kind of kid I was. I was over here trying to make friends. Now, like, I hate people with a passion. I don't discriminate. I hate everybody equally. <laughs> if I could, I would just suffocate everybody equally at the same time. At the same time? Yeah. Same time. Just the entire world. You know, mustard gas. I don't know. Sometimes. <laughs> but, like, yeah, back then, completely different. Don't know how. Don't know where it went wrong or right. I don't know. Well, I mean, were you, like, a shy kid? Or did you want, like, um, did you want people to, like, because you went to church. Did you went? Did you go to church because you wanted to make friends or because you genuinely believed in I, the religion? I guess my grandma was always talk about, like, oh, be a good person, da 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 And I was just like, yeah, that's me. I used to, like, want to do, like, community service and shit like that. And yeah. I don't know. I think back then I was just more, like, social and outgrowing and so, like, oh, my gosh, be a good person. And I wouldn't say I was, like, super religious, but just, like, that whole track of being, like, positive. Yeah, because okay, church, yeah, makes, generally church makes a lot of good people, as you can see. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, they grow up to be exactly like you. <laughs> some, some, the selected, the very special selected few, you yeah. know? I, yeah, I, I, I ascended, actually, that's what it was. Yeah, you, you actually seen life for what it really is too early on, and it just ruined it. Now I'm ready to start my own religion. So did you have... <laughs> Okay, well, did you have, like, what what were you like in school then? Like, did you have, like, good grades? Were you, um, like... Actually, no. I was actually, and I still kind of am, that's the only consistent part about me, kind of shit Is that you're school. bad at school? I, I wasn't horrible. I think I've only failed one class in middle school, and then, to be fair, I absolutely hated the shit out of the teacher, but, like... I feel like I was very average, like, you know, in elementary, it was a lot of, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it was, like, 
E S and M, excellent, satisfactory. Oh, okay, M. yeah. I was a satisfactory kid. Yeah, I was. And too. then in middle school, I was more like D's, C's, and maybe a D here and there. Okay, okay. And then high school, had a couple A's, mainly <laughs> B's and C's, but like I, I wasn't anything extraordinary. I was kind of like a background character when it came to <laughs> background education. character. <laughs> well, obviously, like hearing me speak. I hearing should be on a speak, Netflix documentary. Well, hearing you speak is like it's it's hard to believe that theoretically you were the ki- the character in the sitcom that was only there to make the laugh track go off. Probably. I don't know. I was like school was just I would say earlier on and I don't know if anybody felt the same way, but I wouldn't say I was super social, but I was like kind of one of those people. I don't know if maybe it was Blues Clues or Barney, but I was like, "Hey, let's be friends." What like I would always actually kind of reach out Versus, like, I don't know where specifically, but, like, going it's to like middle school and high school. You reached out only to find a bunch of douchebags. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Because that's what happened to me. I mean, I was a nice kid growing up. I tried to befriend everybody mm-hmm. growing up. And I think that was the biggest problem when you're growing up is they teach you that they, you know, that you're supposed to make friends and you're supposed to do all these. But they don't explain how. And secondly, they don't explain that some kids are just assholes. Like, they're just yeah. assholes. They're born assholes. And they're, yeah. they're there to make your life miserable no matter what you do. Even if you try to befriend them, they they will pretend to be your friend for a while just so they can get their laugh and their kick out of it and then be like, oh, yeah, I'm not your friend. Ha, 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 No, I will be like, so real with you. That, that, that struck a chord with me. Because you want to know what I was like as a kid? I wanted to be everybody's friend. And I was out and I, like, by the time that I was in high school, because I went to, um, like, these specific schools in, um, you know, in one town. So I knew everybody. I was friends with literally everybody's mother, everybody and their mother in high school. And I, and I wasn't popular, but it was like everybody knew who I was. And they always knew that I was a good you know, person to be around and all that kind of stuff because I cared a lot about my reputation. But when I was in elementary school and I was just barely starting, this kid that I knew for the rest of my days hated my guts. And I don't know why, probably because I was really annoying and I want to be everybody's friend. But that we're not going to talk about that. What we are going to talk about is every time that I would talk, he would interrupt me and be like, who the fuck asked you? Ooh, and I... Yeah, you were telling me about that I, before. See, that's when I was that is so detrimental. That, that, like, was so detrimental <laughs> right. to my, like, to my social let's skills just, let's at that time. I feel like when it comes to, like, the negative stuff like that, no matter how positive you are, like, one little impact such as that, like, really because damages you're a kid. You. You're a kid yeah. and you don't know any better, and then somebody shoots you down and you just feel like... You shoot him back. No. <laughs> I wasn't not, that not kid. Not literally. you were, apparently. Not literally. Literally, but yeah, like verbally, sometimes yeah, they mm-hmm. need to just be yeah, told that they're verbally, jerks. Not verbally, you know? sorry, not um, you know what? Not literally. Yeah. Quotations around that. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, going back to you, Dark. What kind of grades did you have at that point? Were you like a like like? What I was a horrible kid. You were a horrible <laughs> student. I was a horrible student. I was a horrible kid, and the main reason was is because a lot of people don't know this, but my primary language is Spanish. That language? was my primary language back when I was growing up. So uh, I, we live. I grew up on a farm. So oh, okay. And in the country, so we had our house, and we just like I said, we, all my parents spoke was Spanish. And if you spoke English, they'd be like, "Stop! Like, don't do that because we want you to understand how important it is to keep your, you know, your language, language. Yeah. Yeah. the culture." Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, did you and, grow up with a different language like that? So I couldn't really learn. I'm. 
let's just to simplify, I'm half Asian and Mexican. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was actually kind of a culture clash in my household, which was, to me, the funniest thing. But, <laughs> no, like, it was really hard. Like, I would have one grandma, t- like, try to teach me, like, oh, how do you say please, thank you in, like, Spanish, which, like, caught on to me more because it was, like, I was more with them. But, like, then my Asian side would just push me and just say all these things. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even know you could make that sound. Like, <laughs> I don't know. So they didn't really push that too much on me. And even today, they always, like, ask, like, oh, would you become? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't feel the need to. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. Like, for context, I am, I am the, I'm the, the fully white person out of, out of everybody here. <laughs> I did not grow up with any other language. My mom took French in high school, and she barely spoke it to me until she realized that I also wanted to take a French class in high school. That was it. I, I've... <sighs> I'm I'm okay. I'm okay at French actually. I'm pr- I I took a like I spent like 3 years I think total oh, in, okay. in French I have a classes. Question, yes. Do you do you, how like how well do you understand French? It's like um say like like if it's um you know if it's a spec if it's a spectrum of like yay big, yay wide, let's say. Um cuz I'm trying to be like, you know, whatever. I'm almost like it's like I'm halfway towards I'm halfway towards, you know, intermediate level where okay. it's like I I know a lot but it's also not like I can have complex conversation. Okay, okay. I can ask you how much do these bracelets cost, but if you ask me, like, if, like... Like, what you're paying with or something, then you're... I, I, I sometimes I understand what that means, because sometimes they say it in a specific okay. way that I get, but, like, it's um it's really hard sometimes for me to, to understand it. So whenever I've spoken to, in French with people that only speak French, I the fir- almost the first things that I do... Um, like or maybe sometimes it was, it was the last thing that I said to them was was I'm sorry I don't speak very much French in French yeah like well, I w- I know how to say that <laughs> yeah even in like school too like when I learned I took Spanish for two years mm-hmm. but like it's learning it in school is so much different from normal than like talking it's a lot it in more like more... formal and like like I remember just going to my mom and just practicing practicing sentences and she would just be like what the fuck you you who uses sound... that word yeah why do you sound like you're an upper class like little shit and I'd be like I don't know I'm just trying to learn but yeah, yeah. No, they definitely teach you in a different way that even even Mexicans and Hispanics themselves Latinos all of us have actually taken Spanish and gotten C's. Yeah, yeah. It does not make sense. It, it because it's not our second. It's not our second language either. It's just one of those things that where they teach you so much, and it's so differently that you just don't. That you just don't sound right. Like, I literally grew up once. I took a Spanish class and I realized it, and I got an F. I literally failed. I was just like, I'm done. And I think the biggest reason was because of that. Because I would go home and I would talk to my parents, and my parents said. You need to quit mixing your pretenses with your with your suffixes and your suffixes with your pretense. Yeah. And 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 you know and it just made me so frustrated that I was like, you know what? I'm speaking English. Yeah. I'm speaking English now. Do you understand? I'm speaking English, and I was given a lot of shit by a lot of the family because of the fact that I spoke a lot of English. Because they would be like, oh, you know, blah 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 blah, and they would try talking to you, and you'd be like, huh. Right. Yeah, and and, and that's so, no longer my first language anymore. So you end up getting like judged like really yeah. heavily for you know like not being able to speak the language anymore. Yeah. yeah, I never. That's a very like I I that's a complete other world to me. I never had to deal with that. Um, that 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 seems like it'd be really hard though because like 
at some point in your life, you did know what they were saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now it just kind of... I still understand when they talk to me. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I just, like, it's like I've told people before. (laughs) I understand what you're saying. It doesn't mean I want to do it while I'm working. (laughs) You know, so that way, that's why, like, I think I've done it before when uh, Purple was working once and someone came in speaking total Spanish. And I think I, I said it in Spanish and you were just kind of like, you yeah. speak Spanish? Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, I could take orders and everything in Spanish. I just don't want to because I. it's not that I don't feel like I should be that helpful. It's more of a, look, I learned English my whole life, and I struggled to stop learning one language to learn a new one. The least you could do is put some effort in when you're trying to order something to try to speak my language as well. And it, it wasn't no disrespect, like I said. No, yeah. And, and that's like a big disclaimer. I'm not trying to disrespect anybody who speaks their original language or their foreign language or whatever their language is. You know, that's fine. But for me, I just felt like I shouldn't have to speak it just so you can take an order. You know what I mean? When you could, you've been here for, what, seven years, eight years now, and you don't know the English language, that's kind of not my fault. That's kind of like, like, it's almost <laughs> inexcusable because... I mean, when you're like, I, like when you're a kid, you're it, it's easier to learn stuff uh, for sure. Um, but like when I, I like yeah. not to mention my trip again, I know that I did in my in my last ep- in the last episode, yeah. Yeah. But um, when I went there, I went to this um, memorial site for World War Two, and it was this, um, you know, it was the site that was sort of run by the French Providence of Canada, and and so there were a lot of Canadians, so obviously they spoke English. But a, um, a few of them spoke only French before they started working there, and they learned English within four weeks yes. just by working there, just by talking to yes. Canadian tourists, American tourists, any other tourists that only spoke English. Like, just, like, it, it just was, like, it had to be, like, taught. And if you are not able to, like, put aside your, like... You know, like, I don't know. I think it's. I think it really. It has a lot to do with because even my grandfather has said it when I was growing up. It's like cultural pride. Uh, yeah, isn't it? yeah, it's cultural pride. Yeah, it's a lot of. Oh well, if you're just gonna forget your language, well then you go ahead and go be white, is what I was told. Yeah. Oh. And, yeah, a common word is like a coconut, brown on the yeah. outside and white on the inside. Yes. Oh wow, that's like. Yeah. That's really like that's a tough thing to go through when you're a kid too because it's like as a kid you just want to like fit in and if you're in like well, you know in a western american fit society that fit that yeah. speaks mostly american you want to be able to like communicate. Yeah, you know? and it's not just fit in with the rest of the world. It's trying to fit in with your own family because now you're the black sheep. Yeah. Because you do not do everything that they do. You don't live the way they do. Yeah. You, like, like you, like we've mentioned that before. Uh, you know, while working, where you you chose not to go to college, and it's like, oh well, now you're horrible because yeah. you didn't do those things. Yeah, that you that know? leads into you know talking about what our parents and our family was like. But like, because that's that's what exactly what I was experienced. Just like just like uh, Dark said, um, I I have a lot of cousins on my on my dad's side, and there are two other cousins that are my age and we were born like literally one month one or two months apart and it is so vastly different the way that they live now compared to the way that i live now so when i'm at you know family reunions like christmas thanksgiving fourth of july whatever things like that they ask me about my you know my life whether or not i'm in college whether or not I'm, i'm still living at this house or i'm doing this this and it's almost like they're disappointed because I didn't turn out the way that they wanted me to. Relatable. And it's like my 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 dad, um, 
he wanted me to go to, to college and he, and so did my mom. Um, but by the time that I got to, you know, graduating and all that kind of stuff, I forgot to RSVP to the three colleges that I was accepted to because I was that stressed out with whatever was going on in my current, in the current situation. And it was like, I, I had to sit there and realize that that was a sign. If I straight up can't handle regular, like the end of the year of high school and I can't handle everything that's going on in my life, I probably will not be able to handle college at this moment. And then also I realized that my parents were not going to pay for it. And there was no way that I could ever, ever pay for my college. Yeah. And you know what? Most. I was accepted into colleges that were in LA. Like again, recipe for disaster, you know? And I would have majored in um, film production, which that entire career, we, like I talked about it with you yeah, the other day. Yeah, that was like my that's, thing too in high school. Yeah. yeah, that's ten or eleven years before you have a stable income. That's I, I, I could never that's do that. Literally, a make it or break it. Like, yes. Either you're gonna screw yourself for the rest of your life because you're putting so much money into this career, or like you make it and you just live like comfortable forever. But it's it's literally like it's like it's a ninety winning percent lot, chance. Like winning the lottery. It's a ninety yeah. percent chance yeah. that you will fail, and it is so like competitive, and that really really sucked yeah like so my parents like had pushed that on me for so long that i needed to have a stable career to make money and all that kind of stuff and i was like really passionate about film and they wanted to support me but like they knew like they were like that's a re really lucky and i had a lot of really good opportunities that would have helped me i think maybe a little bit but in the end, I don't think that I had that drive that they really expected from me. Or you. really that support, that kind of support. That either. support as well is, is you know, it, it was not at all where it needed to be, essentially. Um, but, I mean, parents have a lot, have a tendency to, you know, like, especially emotionally immature parents, where they tend to, like, live vicariously through you, and they try to give you the life that they never had by trying to make you live the life that they wanted for themselves. You ever notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Another thing I noticed, too, with parents, and I think it's just kind of like the generations of, like, anywhere from, like, the 70s to 80s, is, like, they don't kind of promote creativity, which is funny because, yes. like that's actually a really good way to make stable income these days like you'd see it all over social media instagram you see these ridiculous tv shows or cartoons like people could like start pushing out stuff and honestly i feel like it's revolutionized the way to make money yeah and parents like are so like stuck with the safe option but sometimes the safe option is like the worst option yes because it also leaves a child with less creativity and with less creativity they don't go out and do all the things that all these other people are doing so we always end up staying in within the what is the, the, the bubble the, the statistic bubble yeah of you're not gonna make it this far i mean look at me i'm gonna be 40 next month and we're doing a podcast now there a lot, a lot of people have asked me what made you at the age of 40 want to you know get a podcast with an 18 year old and start doing that mm -hmm. and my biggest thing is is because i want to learn i want to learn about the views of the younger world and i want them to also learn about how the older world was it's, how we grew up it's so mutually beneficial just yes. socially it doesn't even like if the podcast wasn't a thing you would still be learning from you know uh like us like i'm I'm 19 and and purple you are I'm 21. 21. So like we're like sort of the um I like to say that out of, you know, of of Gen Z, 
we're like the older middle child because like on the cusp, I guess. On the cusp, like yeah. not 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 necessarily on the cusp, but certainly like older middle child because we're not the younger ones born in like two thousand seven up to two thousand and ten. True. Because yeah. those are my younger siblings, around fifteen to thirteen years old. Um, but then obviously Generation Alpha starts at the you know, and that's that's a whole other ball game. Um, <laughs> but um, it's it's a very interesting perspective to learn from people that are you know open to teaching, and so I think that. That is what a lot of parents also get wrong is they just don't want to learn about the way that, you know, that that kid's life is um, like the way that it really is for them. Because well, because, I mean, my parents didn't have the Internet at all. Yeah. When they, when they were young like that. And so when when they see me and my siblings going through high school and dealing with these pressures um, that social media puts on puts on everybody, it is so much more intense than what they think. Because it, it is more, like, it is, like, obviously when they went through high school, there were societal expectations that they were held to, and it was very prevalent. Um, but I think with the internet, it is, like, that it's times super a million. Yeah. Yeah. An absolute million. And so it's hard for a lot of um, parents to, you know, empathize, I think, when kids are going through a lot. Um, the fact that Gen Z is the most depressed generation that we've had so far speaks volumes of, about like the, well, the access to the internet well, because um, our parents during that time were more of a hey we we're working we're putting in all these hours so that way you can live like you said a life that we didn't get to live mm -hmm. and we want you to have these things but then in the same option you had parents that were like mine that you didn't even know they had money because they never showed it yeah you didn't know you didn't have all the toys like the other kids have because when you would ask them for those toys, they would tell you, hey, check it out. It's that toy or it's your new pair of shoes. Well, which would you choose? Well, a new pair of shoes because I got holes in my shoes, right? Yeah. Exactly. So it was more of a, what do you need over what you want? And then you got to learn to live with, you can't always have what you want. Yeah. And it was kind of a lesson at the same time that I think that the older generation was trying to teach because there was no other way out there. Things were changing. The drugs were now growing. It was just, but back in that time, like we've talked about drugs and during that time before, and it was what, like cocaine yeah. and a few other things, where in pot and, you know, a few others, and then all of a sudden, heroin hit the scene, crack hit the scene, all these things came out and just hit the scene and, now and it we was have so much more about with our kids. It's so much more dangerous. Like the yeah. world continues to because get more and more dangerous. Because people's personalities change too. A normal person that would not harm a, a child or a, a teenager that... were now using these drugs and now they were giving into their every fantasy and trying to hurt them. Exactly. And it caused issues where, like, I tell people, when I was little, we did not lock our doors. It was just an overwhelming yes. fear. You know? we, yeah, because we never locked our doors. When we lived in the country, no, I'm not, I'm not playing. Like, we, you would leave your house for two weeks, and your doors would be unlocked, and nobody would go in your house. But nowadays, but you nowadays, absolutely oh, no, you can't. can't. You have to have the minimum of, like, three locks on there. Yeah, exactly. Because it's just, like, it, like, the world continues to get more and more dangerous, and it's, like, like, there is... Um, you know a lot of beauty that came from uh, came from it obviously yes. but i but but again it is a completely different um childhood experience to go through yes definitely. um especially with the um the recent pandemic that developmentally shocked 
all of the people that were still in basic school, whether whether that was elementary, middle school, or high school. In college, I think that that's a little bit of a different experience because you're not with your parents and you're you know you're more of an adult. But like that hit me like a ton of bricks for sure, and yeah, it like set me back almost a year. And things of that nature because friendships fell apart. Yes. All these you came back and they're like, oh yeah, I realized I don't like hanging out with you. You know, I don't like I don't like talking with you. I don't like doing this with you. I don't like doing that with. You. Oh, or, and you or, lived your your yeah. you lived that entire like like year of quarantine on the internet you saw your friends only through pictures that was it and so you you it was such a like you saw anybody well it made you so insanely lonely yeah there were so many kids out there that they said just didn't even have that their friends were their friends in school so their everyday life became 10 times more stressful because now whatever like when we get into the next episode or your following episodes Mm. and stuff more into parenting and those kinds of things and how we feel about those things. Yeah. It, it goes that, you know, that's how the parents, if the parents are bad, they're making the child's life even harder to live, you yeah. know? It, it, especially. And a lot of kids that had to stay home were like, holy crap, that's the only way I get my meal. Yeah. That's the only way, you know, and that's why they started opening all those lunch programs and those breakfast programs for people to go pick up breakfast and lunch. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a few people take advantage, and then I've seen some that weren't even trying to do it for their kid. Like, you could see they needed the food, and yet they were not even trying to take their kid there. Yeah, COVID definitely let out, like, what people truly hide and how they really mm-hmm. act sometimes because, like, people were so used to home and being there the whole time. They, like, would... I don't know how to describe it, but I feel like people had, like... I guess the common courtesy when going out, but like being at home for so long, you see people like, I don't know about you guys, but like just the internet showing like the boom of like Karen's and Kevin's. Yeah. Like, gosh, they just felt so entitled. Yeah. That's, that's, um, that's, um, something that I think is, is very prevalent is when you, um, like with the internet, just everything travels so much faster. So it's like when when you see somebody having a public meltdown like that, it is instant and like no matter what, some like somebody within fifteen minutes is gonna find out what that woman or man's name is, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, whoa, they're losing their job. Whoa, their kids are like not talking to them anymore. Holy, you know what I mean? Like it's like you, all of a sudden it's like it's like it's just a completely but different experience it's, it's it's always what they say like we always say as as i get older and i keep telling people everything is really just like we said when we were younger just a double-edged sword because there's been a lot of positive that came from it too we can also now find people that we couldn't find before True. and pull and take them from the streets and put them in jail and in prison with yeah it like i think well. one of my favorite clips was like this group of people going into an uber and they decided to spit on the driver and it's like that's like an actual offense now, especially with COVID. Like you're literally, it's it's, it's, a it's yeah. yeah yeah. So like people were able to be like, hey, this is who they are. Like, and they deserve jail time because they assaulted this poor guy, probably just trying to make his bills and get food. Absolutely. Like you know. So that that's what I mean is it it affected a lot of um you know the the young the younger generation Gen Z and Gen Alpha like extremely. Honestly, I think that Gen Alpha is gonna suffer the most from it. Because now they're like because the parents were, like you know parents were you know they had to work to pay you know pay for things still um, and things like that but they ended up not being able to socialize at such a vital age that they need to be socializing with other 
people their age, you know? Like, yeah, that is that developmentally would, it, like, I think is going to really And people say the hope for a good, what, two, three years? Or yeah, it was yeah. a good amount of time. Like It felt like nothing when it was over. But then during that whole time that you were in it, it was kind of like, I remember when we all didn't work for a while, too. They were, well, we worked. Yeah, <laughs> that's a different worked. story. We worked, <laughs> but that's a whole nother story, guys. But a lot of people got COVID pay and didn't have to work and got paid for that. And no, we stayed steadily working where we worked at. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was kind of like. Why don't, why, why can't, like, you were literally praying that you would get it, you know, yeah. like, like, I wish it really I could say, made you think, what's the definition of, like, essential, like, that yes. was the common word, essential worker, and yeah. like, really? Yeah. This person probably standing in, like, a hundred degree weather with, like, a mascot, like, they're essential? Come on. Right. So that's, yeah. Cooking food for people who can't go out is essential while all the big corporations found a way to shut down for a while. Oh, my lord. Yeah. yeah, it was it, it was absurd. There was a lot going on, and it it really like again affected a lot of yeah. childhoods for sure. Yeah, and, definitely. And I just um, like for me, it kind of felt like I I am sort of a year behind all of my peers. Like I don't feel like I'm 19 years old at all. Obviously, I just turned 19, but it's like, but it's like um. Most of my friends that I've had for multiple years, I met them, you know, like I met them in high school and stuff like that. They're a year younger than me. And in quarantine, we got like a hell of a lot closer. And it's like, like, and then now afterwards, I seriously like, I relate to them so much more. And that makes no sense because they just graduated. And I've been graduated for over a year now. And it's like, what? I I literally understand that I waited my whole life growing up because of the fact that I had a a rough childhood and then high school, the decisions I made, which I talked about in past relationship videos. Yeah. And I honestly was looking forward to that graduation. When I graduated, you know, high school Mm -hmm. a while back, what was it, like a couple years ago, it it was kind of harsh to hear, oh, I can't have a graduation. Because you it's know, like I, it's... I waited my whole life for this one moment to be told, "Oh, because there's an illness, you will not be doing that." Like it, it, it hurt. And it's like it hurt. And even you... as an adult, I was like, "Well, all that hard work, and I, it wasn't for nothing, but it was kind of for nothing." Yeah. You know? I the got to walk felt. the stage, but I but we all were all wearing like masks and stuff, and everybody was very like everybody was so tense. Oh no, it was a drive-through. Yeah, yeah, some people would literally it have it at Walmart. Through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like drive through. And the funny part is, is on top of that, I went to an alternative school, so they didn't notify me where the where I could pick up my diploma. So I didn't get my diploma for another two years after I graduated. Wow. Because when the schools finally opened, everything opened back up, and we were allowed to go on campus. That's when I was able to go on the campus of the school and tell them, hey, I never got my diploma. And they were like, oh, yeah, by the way, we'll go get that for you right now. We have it on file in the back. And then literally brought me, you know, a little yellow folder with dust on it. Wow. Covered in dust. And she goes, whew. And she blows the dust off. (laughs) She's just kind of like, Sorry. You know, you should have came and got it, you know, during the drive-thru because that was the only time you could could have got it. And I was, like, told that they were going to mail it to people's houses. Whoever doesn't show up, we will mail it, you know. 
And no, they didn't mail it. They didn't do that. It just sat there and gathered dust for two freaking years. Yeah. Now that's that's really crazy. Like, I I know that during quarantine, also my parents showed a. It's not that they showed a change. It, you mentioned it earlier, Purple, but, but essentially people showed um, their true colors. Oh, very, yeah, definitely. Like, very um, extremely. Like, people, like, either people kind of dissociated in a sense where they kind of didn't know how to act. Like, my little sister, she didn't even know what a park was until, like, a couple, like, I think this year. And we were like, oh, like, oh, shit. We realized we never took her to the park because we were so worried about her getting sick. And then there's the other side of people who got a little too comfortable and was like, like it's a privilege to have me out here. Like you guys have business because of me. It was yeah. It's that's yeah. It brought out some really weird people. And so like bringing back to like parents and stuff. My my mom and um, my stepdad were they they had, they had only dated for eight months before they got married, um, be, because they had known each other for like seven and a half years beforehand. But it was more like a passing acquaintance thing as far as like knowing for seven and a half years. Um, and honestly, as much as I can criticize that, I know that she was just like, she, you know, felt what she was doing was right, and that's, you know, not really my prerogative. Um, he did end up almost killing her, though, like a year later. But that, that was like, or no, 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 two years later, because um, it was after the pandemic. But essentially, they had just gotten married by the time that the pandemic had, like, started. So there was this, like, extreme panic that I think that translated into conspiracy theories on my mom and extreme health freak on my stepdad's side. So we were we didn't really know how to act because we were sanitizing the house constantly. We were not even so much as leaving the house. Like yeah. we like and then also we were being told, you know, by our by, you know, our mom being like this, you know, this is just a hoax. This is meant to scare us by the government. Like the government's just trying to scare us because that's what the government does. And da 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 da. It's like, and then you know, completely disregarding the millions of people that died by just saying like people die every day, kind of thing. Just like very much like just like sweep it's it under it, the rug type of thing. Let's just sweep it all. Under yeah, the rug. which I don't understand. I don't get it like at all. Um, but some parents but again, hide stuff from their kids, and some parents put the fear of god inside of them or some so. are just in denial exactly like, yeah, and, denial. and and that's and so that's you know like my my parents showed like their true to colors in that way like my i'm i did i wasn't living with my dad um at that point like my biological father um during the pandemic but i know that he was um he was skeptical that it was as deadly um not saying that it was a like a hoax but he certainly did not think that um, two million people were dead because of ex exactly that, you know, um, but I know that they like it. Like my mom is still very, um, you know, hesitant about it, and I don't, I don't really agree with it. But um, it changed my relationship greatly during the pandemic with my parents because I found like, like I had finally, like emotionally, had the time to di digest how I felt about who I was, like the core of myself. And I ended up coming out in December of 2020, like later that year, being stuck by myself for so goddamn long with just my thoughts. And I thought, I am so deeply unhappy with myself and I am constantly pushing away who I really am. And my mom Ed, doesn't like it and my dad doesn't either, but 
honestly, if if not for the it's pandemic, just... I probably would not have ever seen yeah. them be that fully honest with me that they don't like it, you know? So Yeah, because a lot of that before the pandemic, a lot of people were playing nice. Yes. It was almost like, oh, I'm going to play your guys' game. Okay, let's play nice. And then once the pandemic, everything was over and everything opened back up, like, you know, Purple said, they became self-entitled. Right. They became, oh, I don't have to listen to you. I'm my own boss. Uh, you're here for me. If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have a job. Yeah, like the common I- ideology yeah. they had was like, I'm giving you, especially because of a lot of a lot of businesses did close down, was like, I'm giving you money. Like they felt super privileged. And I saw that all the time where we worked. And it was just like, dude, I'm, I just have to give you food. Like, I don't need all this. Like you're not one customer yeah. isn't gonna do much, but like they all felt like they could like, like have they were a word. Moving mountains yeah, for you. like they felt like oh my gosh, this meal is gonna save your entire bill. And their patience and anger was a lot yes. higher. Because I remember our boss got spit on. Like it, I know it's not oh, funny. Oh yeah, I was there. I know it's not funny, but in a way, it's kind of funny. Wait, it's, it's well, like, he was. I'm pretty sure he was on drugs. That's like a whole different story. Like I, I was there taking his order, and he was. Patience was so very low, and anger levels were skyrocketing. And like yeah. I said, now that people had all this stimulus money, they had extra money to spend. Right. Yes. So if with the, all the people that weren't like me collecting things, mm-hmm. like action figures and stuff like that, the, that's how I got most of my collection was during that time too, which I paid my bills as well, and I got my kids shit first and made sure they were taken care of. But after that, you know, yeah, I did spend a little bit here and there on action figures and stuff like that. So I understand the whole buying your retro, the 90s stuff back, mm-hmm. our nostalgia stuff that we had when we were kids. And it, it, that's why you see the prices right now. They're at like $500 for a toy that was made in the 90s. It's because of all of us nostalgics that were like, yeah. okay, now that we have the money, we're going to go ahead and go buy these things. Yeah. You know, and buy it back. It was part of our childhood. It made us feel good during that time. You know, made us go back to that moment. But then there were the few who were like, oh, I got extra money. I could buy extra dope. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the whole stimulus <laughs> check thing was like, it was kind of like two-sided because you either had people like who were forced to work so their income didn't change and they yeah. still got the stimulus check and you got people who didn't work at all and needed a little more than the stimulus check just to like live. Yeah. So you definitely saw the difference of like, oh, I'm going to use this to go on vacation or damn, this doesn't even cover my rent. Right. Yeah, no, and that's how we were honestly with my kids because that was about the time my all my kids started moving in with me. And I was like, at first one moves in, and I'm like, okay. Then two move in, and I'm like, ah. and then three move in, and now I pull out my hair because I'm like, there's so many moments where I'm just like, come on, you guys, I raised you better than this, but you know, they act in a way that the other kids act as well. Like, oh well, why do I have to do this? Aren't you my parent? Shouldn't you be doing this for me? And it's like, ah, no, like. Uh, my job was to raise you to 18. You are now 18, be an adult, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever that is. Now, if you need help to save up money and do something where you want to go to college, I'll help you with your college if I have the money. You know what I mean? If you need to help get a car, I'll help you, you know, that kind of thing. But a lot of parents are just kind of like, oh, well, it's on you. It's on you to make your future yeah. like it was when I was Same. little. Yeah, that's what happened with, with um, me. I think, did that happen with you as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, it was very much like the like set in stone. Is like, when you are 18, I'm kicking you out. My mom would say that to me daily. 
when you are 18, I am kicking you out and you are figuring it out. And it wasn't, and she was, she would joke about it like she, like it was loving, but it was like, it scared the shit out of me and it made me scared to get old. So my parents didn't do, weren't, I mean, I guess they weren't that drastic by a certain percentage or whatever, but they basically were like, you're going to do one of these things. Like, these are your choices. If you don't, you're not living within my walls. So I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, like so. Like, the whole yeah. my house, my it was, It's yeah. always, for, for our kind of families, you got to realize, it's, it's, it's not an option. It's more of an ultimatum. Yeah. Uh, you're going to do what I tell you to do and live how I tell you to live, or you could just go live your own life, but then yeah. you better figure it out. Because if you're sleeping in parks, I don't want to hear you crying about it. That's not my fault. Yep. You yeah. put yourself there. But technically, see, that's why I raise my kids different. Because it's, notice, my kids are, I have one that's 21 living with me. I have one that's 18 still living with me. You know what I mean? And I love my kids. I want them to like do their Sometimes future. circumstances yeah. are different. Yeah, you know? exactly. But I really want them to, I want them to be able to take care of themselves and not need me all the time. But then there's that part of me as a parent that says, I have to be there for them. They're still not fully grown yet. You know, if, if they can't afford their own apartment, yet alone afford a car to drive around and do stuff, how are they going to afford to live on their own or not pay their rent on time and those kinds of things? You worry, as a real parent who cares about the children, you truly worry about those things. I remember my parents never did crap for me, but my ex-wife's parents, yeah, her mom would literally say, oh, are you guys hungry? And we would be like, no, we're fine, lying out of our asses because we couldn't and even afford food. And they would still, food. like, cook the food Yeah, and, and they would yeah. bring us plates of food and stuff like that and be like, here, have some dinner. You know, and it was like that for a while. Even when I lived with, you know, my partner's mom, she was so loving and so caring about, you know, we were all there. We were grown adults already. It was just, she like, vastly, it was, like, vastly yeah, different. You were probably like, yeah, whoa, she, what is this? Yeah, at 28 years old, she takes me in, and she's kind of like, I'm like, oh, I'm not coming out because I was suffering from severe depression, and it was starting to settle in at that time. And I started not to leave the room because that's what I was used to when I was living with my ex-wife and her dad was living there. He was really mean to me, so I was not allowed to leave the room. I'm talking to the point where you would piss in bottles and those kinds of things. Like, you cannot leave your room because if you leave the room, you just feel totally unfucking comfortable in your own room. Yes, I have to, like, absolutely lock myself in the room. And I'm sorry for, like, switching the topic. No, 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 no. No, but, like, do talk about that. No, yeah, like, it's. It's kind of weird. I feel like in my culture, I feel like it's an Asian thing. But honestly, other cultures experience it too. But, like, it's a lot of, like, okay, we're going to take care of you, but you have to, like, it's kind of like a debt. Like, okay, we're going to help you or a loan, but you have to give back that same care eventually. It's so weird. It's like like they constantly remind you, like, you're going to owe us. You you know, you're in our debt, like, you know, it's hard to explain. It's kind of like, um... No, I've heard of it before where it's like, you take care of, care of me when I'm old. You better be ready to take care of me. Yeah, right. they, they push that a lot of, like, you know, like, I don't... I'm not going to go too into depth. Basically, like, as soon as I got a job, my parents started taking money from me, which, obviously, every parent is allowed to. But, like, to a certain extent, I feel like, for me, it was too much. Because on top of taking this certain percentage, let's say, actually, they took 50% of my income and still do, and it's a frustration... But on top of that, they still expect me to pay for all my own things, which is kind of hard. So they're like, okay, well, I don't get financial aid, so school's already expensive. Each semester is anywhere from five to 700, and not including books. So it's like that, I have to get myself, they don't buy me snacks. They're like, if you want to feed yourself, do like you have Grocery to pay shop for it. by yourself. Yeah, they're like, you got to do that. I have a pet, 
and like I kind of I always feel bad because there's times where I'm like man I feel so like I shouldn't have gotten her but I'm like she's the most like loving thing when she wants to be yeah. but like all that like I have to get you know food litter etc especially when I first got her all the shots and shit that's that took all my graduation money and it's like on top of that I got a car not even getting a car I just inherited a car and like I had to it was so messed up I had to fix like the engine everything get the every month I have to get gas and let's not even go super and, deep and into course, gas process and of like, course your gas parents prices. would help you but then they would be like I, I expect you to pay me back so yeah so like I would still pay all this stuff and they would just like why aren't you saving enough and then like I, I can't I make minimum I literally wage. yeah it's like yeah. it's like yeah. I physically can't because of the bills that I have to pay yeah and be- because what is left and that's not than... even like including like phone and insurance and shit like absolutely that. yeah no I I when I turned 18, within about three weeks, my family moved out of my house, and my roommates moved in. Like, I, I've been living in the same house that I've lived in for the last seven or eight years. Um, and so it was, like, a very, um, I wouldn't say traumatic um, situation, but it was very hard for me because it kind of felt like I was being abandoned. Um, well, and yeah, all of you're a sudden, in the same environment, but like left alone, I kind of understand And that. all of a sudden, I had to pay rent, I and I was, like, like, Again, within three weeks, I was completely fully independent from my parents. I got my own bank account. I got my own phone that, like, that I had to pay off and pay for, like, for phone bills. And then I had to also, like, my mom took me off of her health insurance. She, like, like, yeah. like all of these things. And I was completely fully independent within three weeks of me turning 18. And I was just at that house, and I had to start paying rent there. And, like, that, it, it really, like... Like, I, as, as glad as I am for not living with my parents, because it really does, like, change, you know, your yeah, uh, experience as, of being an adult. Um, it really, like, was so hard for me in the beginning, because it felt like I was just abandoned and I was all alone. With, without that guidance and everything, too, it's kind of like, it's so hard. I think the hardest part is knowing where to start. Ex- exactly. You know, literally, like, like, a week ago was when I... F- finally called up my insurance because i had to get on um like yeah. medical um i i that last week was literally when i called them up and was like i need to get a dentist i need to get a doctor i need to get an optometrist and, and i and i have literally uh appointments scheduled for the next three weeks yeah like i'm i just now figured that out because i like i was so busy with with work and drama in my regular life yeah, and all this and kind of stuff parents don't tell you oh by the way i those appointments you used to have Guess who was scheduling them? Me. Right. My parents kind of did the same thing. When I moved out, they were like, oh, yeah, don't forget to go do this. Don't forget to do this. Don't forget to train your paperwork for this. Don't forget to tell them that you moved out of our house, uh, the, you know, the, the welfare and everything. They didn't do it. They they asked me to do it. Yeah. So I had to go down and report that I left my parents' house. You know what I mean? Those kinds of things. And it was kind of like it was a quick grow up. Yeah, it was a you know, it was a very up. very fast transition, and it was very it was a lot for me because it just kind of fell on me all at once. It felt like, um, so that really really sucked. But like the reason why I bring that up is because lit- it took me a month and a half, and then I finally got my cat. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I I was without the the two dogs that I had been living with for the last like three years or whatever. Um, like because I had two really big dogs, and then I had another one that had died like maybe about a year before then, mm-hmm. and like. Like, I had always had a pet in the house and all that kind of stuff. And I was so just lonely 
and with all of this, with all the stress yeah, that just stress, fell on like... me, like immediately, I I got my cat, dude. You guys got a cat, and I ended up having a baby. Well, you know, it was a little different, but hey, it was the same stuff. Built different. You know, built different. Just built different. Yeah, the, gen yeah, the like, generation gap right here. You know. Yeah, the generation gap right here. We do not have babies. We have we have other types of babies, like you know, fur babies. My cat can take care of itself. That's one of the best parts. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's like, I'm a dog I person. I my own dog for a really long time. I am a dog person through yes. and through, but I got a cat Kids. because of how low maintenance they are. You know, yeah. like, I mean, okay. I won't say that they're crazy low maintenance because you still have but to like... compared to like a big dog or yes, something, compared there is to, a yeah. big gap. Yeah. Because, I mean, the way that I was raised, when you have a dog, you feed them raw meat. Like, it's like, we gave them good shit, you know? Like, they live for a long time because we fed them raw meat from the moment that we had them in our home. And so it was very like... Like, expensive. Very, very expensive. And so, like, with cats, it's lower maintenance because you still have to, like, love them and raise them. We should obviously. talk about that in the superstition video because, you know, I was always taught you don't feed a dog raw meat because it can make them more vicious. What? I would start feeding my dog raw meat every day then if I knew that. Right. <laughs> it, makes it, it makes them feed for blood more. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. No, that's... I'm, if um, anything, my dog's got more docile. <laughs> And then, like, cats, well, cats is funny because I didn't own a cat for a really long time because I was ignorant. My grandfather, <laughs> I guess, What did he, he just teach did you about cats? He told me that all cats have AIDS, and if they scratch what? you, you're going to get AIDS. That's hella fucking funny, bro. <laughs> oh my god, that's not, not true, but that's funny. It's, it's but not, where did he get that idea? Well, I, I think he, he Did he got just really not want a, you to, like, have I think cats? it had a lot to do with, there was a case a while back where he misunderstood what they were saying and the way Fox News, because he used to watch a lot of Fox News. Oh, okay. And the way they portrayed it was that... The cat had AIDS? The cat, the cat, no, the cat had AIDS and, and he scratched the person, his oh, owner, gosh. and gave him AIDS. But the truth was is the owner had a friend that came over and he had HIV. He got AIDS and he got scratched by the cat and the cat scratched the dude afterwards. So, of course, blood transfer. Yeah. So, it was different, but... <laughs> he just said, all cats yeah, AIDS. Yeah, yeah. All, all, of, cats, have, all cats, all cats equal have, AIDS. All cats have cats AIDS, and, you know, you could get it. And and I think maybe that was another way, because, you know, my grandfather was an older generation, so maybe it was a slur for cat scratch fever or something. Yeah. It could be. Or, or, or I mean, one, or I don't one know. One of those kind of, you know... Uh, just one, of one, of zootosis, one of those idioms, yeah. One of those zootosis, uh, you know, diseases. Right. Just like, just like he always said, you know, don't ever go out and hang out with guys who, uh, you know, do a lot of sharp uh, sheep farming and stuff because oh. you know. What does it, that mean? Oh God. No. What does that mean? <laughs> Explain it. No, 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 no. Explain you, it, dark. No, no, I want you to fine. say it. I want you to say I, it. No. Basically, that guys who take oh. care of the sheep, you know. <laughs> Somebody gestured it at me. Yes, they they do things with the sheep, so don't yeah. hang out with guys like that. That's horrible. Yeah, yeah. My, like I said, I came from a generation where my my parents were actually my grandparents. Yes. And I said that before, and I gotta make it very clear because my grandfather was also in the Korean War, so he Damn, came he back. Me. He he came back literally. Oh no, he did. He hated a lot of nationalities, and I never understood why he was that way. And, like, one time I remember, uh, like, you know, a bunch of stuff that that happened, and he was just like, you know, you can't trust people. 
You know, you can't trust anyone. You can't trust the government. You can't trust them. You can't trust that. And you certainly can't trust any set of slur. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And then later on, I actually had, you know, a couple of uh, Vietnamese and Cambodian friends. And I made a Korean friend. And literally, they told me, because when I said, I said, I don't know if I could be friends with you. I have to talk to my grandpa. They were kind of like, what are you talking <laughs> what about? What does that mean? You're you know, like, nah, his PTSD is going to kick and him when And then I told him, I said, I said, he said this. And, like, my friend, I'm lucky he was my friend. Like, like I talked to him for, like, at least the last two years of school. Okay. Because he literally walked up, grabbed me from my shirt, and said, don't ever never say, say that. that again. I will hit you next time. You know, I will hit you. And I was just like, next time you're getting punched. And I was like, oh, you probably what does were it like mean? so confused. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? And then that's when he told me, he said, that's, that's, a that's, horrible that's word. like, that's like calling, you know, African American this. And I was like, oh my God, I did not know that. You were like, like you're what like, the hell? all of a and, sudden you literally want to rip yes, your tongue out. Yes. And like, it's, it's because bad. they grew in an older generation where. Things were different back then. They were allowed to kind of say what you wanted to say as yeah. long as you stuck to yourself. You had your family. You would have a couple bar fights or whatever. You would go home, and it would end it. And usually, most of the people that were around, if they were, if you went to a bar or a place of, you know, gathering, like those kind of places where they had alcohol, and you went to those kind of places, and it was all that nationality there, of course everybody has your back. So they're not going to let their, you know, one of their own people, like, get beat up. So it was kind of different. Like I said, I grew up in a different world, a different way, and it, it was harsher on me growing up because I got beat up for things I didn't know why I got beat up for. Right. Um, I would say things that I didn't realize were not okay. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people considered me, you know, like, you know, that kid that, just stay fucking away from him. He's fucking obnoxious. And yeah. that's why I hate the word obnoxious. Now, when people tell me you're being obnoxious, it pisses me off to a, the bitter end because that's all I was told growing up because and I didn't realize I wasn't obnoxious. I was just fucking ignorant. And yeah. nobody taught me better it's, and, that it and, wasn't supposed to be that and way that's, or you shouldn't say those things. And that's partly because your parents were a part of a world that made it okay to act that way yeah you know exactly and so it's like you didn't know any better and that you weren't taught any better you know so you ended up getting beat just like <laughs> just like now nowadays i feel bad for some of the stuff i said when i was younger to the to my own lgbt community yeah you know because i'm like wow i can't believe i said those things and in the end you know 25 years later you find out you're one of them and you're like, wow, yeah, I really it, had some issues. Yeah, and I, I have some deep issues here and what's going on. And then you realize everything. And then it's kind of like, as you're working through your issues, you're kind of going, dude, I was really mean to this person. I remember I actually reached out to a guy in high school I was mean to, and I told him I'm sorry. He literally blocked me. The moment he saw me and was who like, I was. I remember. He, he yeah, he it. said, he was basically, he said, you can fuck off. And wow. He, and, and he blocked me. Wow. And I never, I, I, I didn't take it personal because yeah. I seen it as I, I deserved that. I was, yeah. I was a huge ass. Duh, yeah. yeah. I was mean. I picked on him all the time. I, I called him a really nasty slur all the time. And, you know, it was just how it was because we weren't used to people like us around. I feel like different was like, they weren't just like an outcast back then. It was like, you have to like 
discriminate against them. Yeah, it's yes. to like yeah. like you basically have to push them into being normal. Yeah. Yes, because that's what you were pushed into. Uh, yeah, growing up or. Or that's what they push you when your parents are telling you, no, that's wrong. You can't be that way. Like when one time I remember looking at my sister's like shoes or something. And I said, oh, those look pretty. And I remember him going, no, they don't. No, they like, don't. Don't make those fucking you know, comments. Don't, don't yeah. say those things. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, I didn't know, you know. Well, boys are not supposed to think that way. Yeah, you like, know? even, like, little things, like, in my generation. I, don't, I mean, I'm hopefully, like, it doesn't happen anymore, but, like, I remember, like, I knew I was kind of raised a little different when, mm -hmm. like, I thought the color pink was a girl's color. Right. And I remember some kid called me out in, like, first grade or kindergarten, like, well, why? And I couldn't give him an answer. And I was just like, well, just because. It's, it's sort of That's like what a, my parents said. It's like the seeds of doubt start yeah. to come in because it's like you can't give a viable answer other than my parents said so. Yeah. You know? And then that's when I realized, like, oh, shit, I was a stupid fucking kid. Like, <laughs> you know, I was really ignorant. I made, you know. Well, you were, I mean, you were a kid. You sort of believe that your parent knows everything when you're a kid. And it's like, um, I think that a lot of kids would actually, like, a, I think a lot of parents get it twisted when, when people talk about, like, parenting kids nowadays and saying, and actively letting kids know that they don't know everything. Because yeah. I think they get it twisted when, when people say that is because you don't know everything. And you might want to raise your kid with a certain set of beliefs, but that kid will will is going to start to question it if you don't literally tell them, I don't know everything, but this is what I believe. Yeah. yeah Not just definitely. this is the way. You know what I mean? Definitely, because I know growing up a lot when my kids came to me for certain things and said, why do I feel this way? Why does this this? It was hard because you don't know what to say and you're just like, no, it's okay, it's okay. You know, you're just a tomboy or you're just this or you're just that. It's fine. You're just a, da a daddy's girl, you know? Right. Daddy girls, you know, they, they, they do everything like their father, you know? They, there's they do a doggy. <laughs> yeah, there's a dog in here. Sorry, guys. Sorry, the doge made yeah. contact with me and got the, a little. The, do, the doge got emotional. Yeah. Yeah. You've got very he large heard, eyes, so he, you're very he's much very like. very emotional about the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> he heard, and he was like, damn, I feel you guys. Eyes got so big. Yeah, but like I said, I think that it has a lot to do with how, you know, parents and everybody are where we were raised growing up and how it changed. Because a lot of my friends, you know, when they used slurs, they knew what they were saying. Yeah. You know, they knew they were hurting someone's feelings. Mm -hmm. They they were intentionally saying it were me. Yeah. I, I honestly Did just intentionally mean to call people those things. Like, people, you know like, I, mean? I, I feel understand. like certain people are kind of, like, you know, like, explaining how certain people, like, what they said what they meant. And other people were kind of, like, groomed into it. Kind of, like, such as, like, yourself. Like, you would just say these things to just yeah. be a part of the group. Yeah. Like, to act quote-unquote like normal well it's it's like it's social peer pressure where yeah. it's not like conscious peer pressure it's very much like if you're not like us you're not one of you're not in the yeah group, and i feel know? like that's kind of the difference between like today and back then because like back then you know it was it was a lot harsher verbally and not yeah. saying it isn't today but wow this dog is dog, really really okay. passionate about our <laughs> Yeah, Bless we're going to go ahead and take the break here, and we'll be right back after this. <laughs> yes, I agree, too. The dog agrees. Drink some water, y'all. Be back soon. <laughs> Alrighty, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, y'all. Hello. So, we were talking more about uh, pre peer pressure and stuff like that. Yes. 
Did you want to dive into that, Purple? Because you were really getting into it, but the dog was like, the dog had a story to tell. Yeah, the dog had his own opinions, and you know what? Agree to disagree. <laughs> but I think where we left off was... um. It was like very aggressive like, uh, peer pressure. Back then, peer pressure was very insultive. And not saying it is, it isn't today, but like Dark had mentioned before, it was a lot more of like very harsh slang words and this and that. And I feel like kind of today, at least in public schools, what I experienced, and not saying it's the same everywhere, but like I feel like certain people were kind of like, obviously if you said certain slurs, you would get shunned by a lot of other people. Like today, yes. being racist, like you, could, which is awesome, by the way. You could be bullied <laughs> for being racist. Yeah, I had to clarify that. Sorry, not being awesome, <laughs> being racist. <laughs> yeah, so, I like, kind of, I totally misinterpreted what you said for a second, and I was like, wait a minute, that could be clipped, and you could, you could you lose know, your job. I'm homie. fine with that. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, I feel like today, like bullying and shit like that. I'm not saying it's non-existent, but like compared to back then, it was a lot more. Kind of like allowed, like people were like, "Yeah, say these things to him." Versus now, like, let's just say if anyone used like these very horrible slurs, you could get jumped for that for like, you being know. a dick. Yeah, yeah, like which is kind of cool today, you know. Yeah, you kind of get that, you know, like it's like a, it's like your very own brand of like divine intervention. Like, it's I'm like really just people glad beating that, the like, fuck out of you for being a dumbass. Yeah, like, I'm really glad that like slurs and shit like that now is a lot more um, frowned upon versus back then. I feel like certain movies and, like, stuff like that, or not movies, just, like, experiences, like, I don't know, it really shames it, and it, like, if they do, like, I guess in overall media, if they attend to these slurs, if their people are showing, like, awareness, yeah, it's, like, if people use it, like, in a, I forgot words, derogatory, derogatory yeah. there you go, um, you can, like, it's such a horrible thing, and I'm so glad that the world's kind of like that today, versus, like, in Dark's era, has, as he was saying, like, that was a very common thing. Like, people would say, like, certain homophobic words and this and that, and, like, people and then, wouldn't care. People and then would, racist like, slurs as well. Yeah. Like, it was, a, it was, a, it was very um, heavily distributed, like, because, you know, it was a lot of parents that were kind of pushing this idea on their kids that these certain types of people were just bad. Yeah. Didn't matter really what kind it was just sort yeah. of like like it's almost like every parent had their own brand of i hate this type of human yeah and you should hate them too i yeah, feel like and not only that they they would get on you if you dated anyone of that yes of that, of that nationality mm -hmm. as well i feel it, like yeah like stupid back then and this is all households it was like only your race mattered yes so i feel like that's why i was kind of lucky growing up in a mixed race house household because like I don't know. I didn't really see. I I honestly didn't even really know what racism was until like much later on. Thank God. Yeah. Because I was like, well, like I'm Mexican and Asian. Like what? Like you know, I had cousins who were like, not well, to whatever. I think it has a lot to do with because of our generation. You know, my older generation, the way they printed books was, hey, if you wear a white hood and you wear you know white drapes and everything then you're a racist yeah but if you're just living it was like only if you life, took it to the extreme yeah then you were a racist but now we see as people that we were fucking wrong no no it was racist no matter what you did it was racist it was sexist it was you know all the words <laughs> all the words that you could think of you know to make a situation more horrible 
you know, because it was. It was exactly that way. And it was just, hey, it was in the privacy of your own home. You did it. It's like growing up, another thing that I had, I don't know if he's dealt with it growing up, having a nationality family, but mine, we were, I think I mentioned this before, we were like the judge, executioners, and jury of our family. If somebody did something wrong within the family, we would say, hey, you stay away from so-and-so because, you know, they were disowned. He, he was disowned or he's just a bad seed. Stay away from him. Did, yeah. did you ever experience, like, people within your family being disowned and things like that? Um, no, not really. I feel like my family had a different variety of people, let's just say the least. Like, um, my parents had me, by the way, in high school and before they got married. So, like... And I don't think my family... I mean, they had, like, stories of, like, whatever, like, at the time of, like, harsh judgment and everything. But, no, I wouldn't say from, like, other family members I experienced that. Thank God. You know, if they did, they'd probably catch some hands. <laughs> but, like, no, I don't know. I think our fa my family, at least, like, I wouldn't say it was normal, but, like, I feel like quite a few members in that specific regard had kids before they were married or even in high school so like when my parents like when it happens both of my parents are the youngest too by the way in their families so it was just kind of like oh again type thing like it wasn't oh, really okay, big deal. Yeah. yeah so like if if they were both probably the oldest then they would probably have been like shunned for it and shit like that i think it was more of a my uncle didn't my the eldest son of their of my grandparents' kids my uncle did not have any children he was the eldest. He did not have kids. My auntie was the first to have kids. Okay. Then my dad had us, but there was a few situational problems that happened that led to, you know, my dad not being there for us. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not going to put it all on my father because I know some of it had to do with my mother as well. And, and, you know, and when when you grow up like that, you know, and then you, you hear, like, I think the biggest thing that hurt growing up was hearing a lot of bad stories about my mom and dad and never knowing who they were, though. Yeah. So it was just kind of a weird thing to be sort of hearing about, like, people in your life that weren't, like, like, you, they were people in your life, but you didn't quite know them kind of thing. Well, I never met them. I never even knew who they were. Yeah. And, like I said, a lot of people, like, uh, the podcasters are going to find out soon anyway, if I didn't mention it during the uh, past episode, and that was, I was given away as a baby. So my mom had me, and supposedly my dad came in, said, I'm leaving you for so-and-so, and left. And my mom couldn't take care of me, she tried, but there was a lot of abuse going on, and uh, not from my mother, but from her boyfriend, and which is also my little sister's father mm. and a lot of you know different things are going on and so we were the best thing was for us to be sent to my uncle and it wasn't until abuse started happening while he was at work from his wife that i was sent to live with my grandparents because the, it had to stop somewhere eventually. right and even then like it was still it's rough. a topic it's a topic of discussion one day, so hopefully my family doesn't get mad because that's a really good topic of discussion of 
what is considered abuse and what isn't considered abuse in the past because a lot of the ways we got spanked it was not considered abuse back then right they oh, could yeah. the, they could hit you with the wire hanger whatever it was not considered abuse yeah it was considered disciplining your kid if you walked up to your son and you punched his lights out it was considered disciplining your child yeah you know it wasn't it was in a level that it is now where it's like now, if you say, oh, yeah, I, I, I punched the crap out of my son. How old is your son? Oh, he's 13. Okay, I'm calling the cops. Yeah. Right. You, you shouldn't have put hands on your kid like that. Who, who are you to pick on a child? And it's right. I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah. It is totally wrong. They shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. I raised my kids where, honestly, I spanked them when they were little. Yeah. I'm talking, you know, when they're five like... years old. To maybe, I think, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. But once they hit a certain age where they can actually start to understand, I told them, you don't need to be spanked no more. Now I'm going to just take away the things you love. Yeah. yeah I because mean, that's... it's going to hurt you more. It's going to hurt you more to know you lost your Game Boy or your, or your freaking Well, TV that way they can actually dwell yes. on their consequences, yes, too. Yes, exactly. You know, if... where, where when I was younger, they would hit you. You'd get over it. You'd cry. You'd wipe away your tears, clean some blood up, maybe, you know, put Band-Aids on, and you walked away. And it was over because you already got your, your, your butt spanked, you know, or whatever happened. And it there was are, over. Yeah, and there, and there are a lot of, like, different ways like that that I think can deeply, deeply affect kids. Like, well, yeah, it did. You could see, as, as I've told you guys before, I suffered from severe anxiety, depression, and PTSD because of it. That now I'm I'm I have a rage problem. Like there is like times where I remember, and if it wasn't for those memories of my past that haunt me for what I went through, I probably would have treated my kids the same way. Probably. And 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 it was a whole breaking the chain of action. Going, I didn't like that when it happened to me. I'm not going to do it to anybody else. And if that person can't understand, well, one day they will understand. And, you know, my kids will tell you, like, my son will tell you, he's 18 years old, and if you ask him how many times he got spanked in a lifetime, he'd probably laugh and be like, I could count on one hand. Like, it, it, it's like that. It's because it was so little that it was more like, no, don't do that. Let me tell you why. You don't want your hand to get burned off. It cause, like, you cause want it them to understand. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it, it, that's, that's the way that you, like, truly guide a kid. You don't just... Because... When, when, um, I mean, we can dive into this in a different episode, but to me, like, when you're a kid and you're just, like, you're doing whatever comes to your brain, like, whenever people joke about, like, like, a lot of our generation talks about, like, oh, letting the intrusive thoughts win and, like, just doing out-of-pocket shit. Yeah. When you're a kid... There is no barrier. You're gonna do whatever you're. Yeah, whatever like a, whatever comes to mind, you're doing because like, you don't yeah, know any better. I, I jumped out of a two-story window. Yeah, like I was <laughs> about to mention that. Like you see some kid jump off a building, you're like, I'm gonna go to the highest couch in the fucking house and do it. Mm -hmm. And like, and that's just because that's that's. I mean, you don't know any better. So I think when it was just because I didn't want to get caught in high school. So so I think. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> so I think that when, you know, people talk about, like, discipline and, and they think that, you know, hitting your kid is, is you know, good discipline, I think that it's very situational. But, but also, people need to consider that when they're doing something that you don't want them to do, it's because they don't know why it's wrong. 
you know? Yeah, exactly. It is purely because they don't know why that it's wrong. And they're, like, like I mean, honestly, just challenging it. They're, like, kids get to an age. I think it's literally around two or three years old when they grow, you know, sort of a spine. And they want to challenge what you say and why is, why are you saying no, you know? Like, when, when kids are starting to learn to talk yeah. and all that they and, say is why, and if now, they just want to know. Yeah, and now, and back then as well, it was more of a, oh, you're supposed to be seen, not heard type of thing. Right. So, you weren't even allowed, like, I remember so many times I would try, like, my parents would be talking about something and say something did bad, did happen, and I would try to walk up and tell them, but they would be like, oh, you stay out of grown folks' business. Or, you know, like a few times when I heard him talk about my dad and I said, I have a dad. And he said, you need to go. You're, you're too young. You need to stay out of grown folks' business. You know, and it's that kind of mentality that makes children not understand yet alone, not grow up as fast either. Now I'm like a huge big kid because there's so much on my childhood that I missed out on because I was too busy growing up. Right. I was too busy being an adult. You know what I mean? To actually look back and say, I missed out on these, like, 12 years of my life where I should have just been playing, yeah. having fun, and it went straight to work, mm -hmm. do what you're told to do, chores, work, school, chores, work, school, and chores, it, and it work, repeats. school, yes. and, and it just keeps going. And you just, and then you hit adulthood. And like I've told people before, I wish there was a way that I can prove it because honestly, I feel like at my age right now, I should be able to retire. I've worked since I was five years old. I, I, should, I should be able yeah, to fucking retire. Like, yeah. But it doesn't count. That doesn't count. It does not count that you were forced to work on roofs, doing plumbing jobs, doing all these other jobs. That doesn't count. None of that learning, all everything you've ever learned does not count towards your real life. Right. So it's just another trade, basically, that you know how to do. Right. You know, that's like when Purple was saying his car wasn't working. I said, hey, if you can't change the wires on the car, let me know. I'll do it for you. Yeah. I could do that, too. Like, <laughs> I could do that. I could sell a cabinet. I could freaking put, I could probably build a house if I wanted to. Damn, you, know? you want to build and, me one, please? It's like my parents, my grandfather, as much as he was very, 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 very strict on me, he did teach me a lot of trades that... You, you can't learn unless somebody takes you under their wing as an apprentice and teaches you how to do yeah. these things. Exactly. So, the, so that impacted your childhood because yeah. it made you not necessarily a more responsible adult, but so, and certainly taught you how to do things if you need them when you're an adult. You yeah, know? definitely. So there's a lot of times where I don't call the plumber. I don't call the, the maintenance person. You're like, I already got it. it. I do it. I do it myself. It's, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, are you like that as well, Purple? Were you kind of taught things like that? Because... I know that I was not. My parents were very much like, they. it was almost like they were under the impression that when I was 16, I would just instantly know how to drive. Yes, like the magic, like, oh, it should just hit you. Like, yeah, it's common sense. So they did not, they, like, I didn't even start online driving school until I was 15 and a half, when theoretically that would be when I would get the permit. Yeah. You know? So, like, I, so I got my, li I didn't even get my license until I was 18, like, it's like I, like, I was very, um, like, behind compared to everybody else because my parents were just sort of like, okay, well, we don't, you're just going to have to know, you That's, know? I mean, it's kind of weird. My parents are, I, everybody's parents vary, and I feel like mine are very wishy-washy in a sense. 
like there's times where they're like hey you're gonna learn this about your car but then they won't show me the other half of it or like you need to learn how to do this but then just kind of like drop it like when i i i was kind of late when it came to my license as well too like they pushed me very early on they're like yeah you're gonna start the online school this and that but then they would get mad at me for like oh well you don't want to like learn and i'm like well i can't like you're the only people who could teach me like you guys don't like having me drive with other people because you don't know them but also you know my mom always makes the statement of like i i'm a mom i can't do everything and my dad worked monday through friday monday through saturday like morning to like a nine yeah. to five job or nine to six job yeah i don't suggest anybody else do what i did i mean when i was younger i learned how to drive a car because i stole I just learned, because my parents told me, they said you had to learn how to drive, and I never le knew how to drive. I took the driving test, and I never had, and I got a permit, but I never knew how to drive, and it wasn't until, you know, my ex-wife, like, got her own car, and <laughs> she's probably going to hate me even more now, but I was still her car, <laughs> technically, because she would go to bed, and I would just take off with it. Yeah. I'd be gone. Because you just and, you and, figure out how and, to learn. Yeah, you know? and I tried teaching myself how to drive a car. That's why... Like, when my partner got in the car, he's like, you know, do I need to re-show you the road? Oh, no, don't worry. I got this. Yeah. And I'm not stupid either. Like, I learned when I was younger, did all the stupid shit, and hang out with the people who did the stupid shit in their cars to where it was enough to where I was like, okay, I know what not to do. One, don't get a truck with big wheels and go spinning in mud because you might hit a, a tree or a freaking or a tractor. You know, <laughs> you know? I I actually, I can talk about this a little bit. When, be, when obviously because I didn't get my license until I was 18 and I didn't even get my permit until I was probably 17. Actually, never mind. Never even mind because the, nobody would take me to my permit tests. So I literally didn't get my permit until I was 18 and then I got my license three months later. Like I literally couldn't even, I couldn't do it. But anyway, um, I straight up, like I learned how to drive um, within three months, like I was never actually on the road by myself. Um, I used to on my we my my mom and my stepdad had a ranch together, and that was like a that was like five hundred thirty acres when 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 I had it at the time, and I would take my stepdad's truck, and that was the first thing that I ever drove, but that was not on the road. Like it was like a, yeah, so you're just like pretending the street lines were there. Yes, and essentially. Like that drive, yeah. That dry patch of uh, grass, it's like the that's, red spots on the sidewalk. Yeah, that's... I can't park there. No, I can't park there. You know, like, it was very... Like, it was like I would do that, and that's how I would drive, but it was very reckless, and it was... You know, I think I bottomed out his truck, like, twice. Damn. Um, it was... It was pretty bad, but when I... But I knew exactly how I didn't want to drive because of the way that my parents drove. Like, or... I always thought my dad was pretty... Was, was a pretty okay driver, but I always thought that he had a lot of road rage. So I just, like, I was like, I don't want to be like that on the road. Oh, and when, yeah, and when my And when my mom drove, she always drove with her fucking phone in between her legs or literally, like, straight up on her phone constantly, just never looking at the road. So she would always miss the green lights and she would always get honked at by people. And I was always so incredibly anxious because she, wa she wasn't looking at the road while driving. And I knew that I wanted, I did not want to do that at all. And what did I do when I became a driver? I started, I literally would put my fucking phone in the glove box. I literally would become the most, like, like patient person in the entire universe. And honestly, people hate driving with me because I'm a very anxious driver. I follow all the rules to a T. I am literally so I, at the I exact speed limit every single time. And I literally cannot, like, fathom what it would be like if I broke the rules. Because if I broke the rules, that meant somebody's going to well, die. Like, well, I was okay. so... 
I honestly, I can't say that because I've broken the rules twice. Mm. Like, once, I, I, I think I told you how I got my license a long time ago. I was like 21 or something. I hit the back of an off-duty CHP officer. Oh, he God. was on his way to work. And Lord. I hit it, and his wife threw a fucking hissy fit and said, no, you need to take his car away, so my neck hurts, my back, my neck, and automatically started into that. And let me tell you, he had a big enough car to where only his hitch was bent, okay? My yeah. car was the one that the airbags turned on and everything. You should have just been like, damn, it sounds like Rife's just really old. And I, I just didn't say shit. I was like, whatever. My daughter, looked. she got a little bit of uh, uh, seatbelt burn from it, from the thing turning on and the, you know, the airbags turning on. So I, I let her go to the hospital, and that's how I got my driver's license. I, they actually said that I had to serve jail time if I didn't get my driver's license. Wow. So, so just like... I got my driver's license, and then the moment I got it, I was so proud of myself because I'm like, dude, I did something good. I'm, I'm, I'm legal now. I can do this. <laughs> and the moment I got out of the courtroom, they said, do you have your driver's license? I and said, you're like, hell yeah, I do. And I said, wow. yeah. 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 I did. I did exactly like the movies. I said, right here. They said, okay, well, when you go to pay your... Uh, your thing, just show them your license. I said, okay, so I went to go pay my fee, a $350 fine for, you know, driving without license and insurance, and the moment, they said, can I see your license, please? And I said, sure. So proudly, and I like, it, yeah. And I'm, like, happy. I'm thinking I made it. This is it. And then they do this thing. They run the numbers. They stamp it and put a little hole in it, like two little dots in the middle of the cards. And I'm, like... What does what that does mean? That, what, what the fuck does that snake bite and mean? Like, and at, at first I thought, they, I was like, oh, they think I'm a donor. Uh, and then, because the donor dot used to be right there at the bottom of yeah. the old IDs. So I was like, oh, they think I'm a donor. This is dumb, dude. All right, whatever. I don't care. And then that's when they told me, okay, here you go. Your license is suspended. And I said, for how long? And they go, oh, for five years. And you're, you're like, done. you're done. Like, like you're five years suspended, and I was like, <laughs> "You're joking, right? Like, like you're joking, right? I paid the three hundred dollar fine. What do you mean I'm suspended? No, you're you're suspended. You were driving without a license. You were driving without insurance. You freaking hit the back of a fucking police officer. Like, no, you are going. You are lucky we didn't put you in jail. Wow. Like, and I was just like, okay, we'll have my license then. You know, like at jail time or and license? Then Which one? The other time was when I freaking actually like I'm not gonna lie. I d I was DUIing mm. and I was drinking and driving with my little brother when I was younger. Okay. And uh, I wa I mean I watched my grandfather drive. Okay, let me explain some about the past back then too. You can have beer in your car and be drinking and driving. It wasn't it wasn't against the law fully. Oh, okay. You got to remember in the early '80s, going into the early '90s, it was not illegal yet. Oh right. Yeah. Because of the fact that it wasn't until a lot of kids started drinking and driving, or losing control of their cars and people were dying, that they actually said, "Okay, no drinking and driving, no open canisters." No open this, no doing this, no doing that. Because before you would just say, oh, I'm drunk, and they call your parents, and they fucking have them come get the car, and you'd be done. But, yeah, no. So I was drinking and driving, and I got, like, 
and I literally was scared the whole time I did it. I thought I was going to get pulled over at any moment, and it just, it sobered me up quicker than I was drunk, and I felt so stupid afterwards, and then not only that, like, literally, like, I started remembering all the different things, like, when my grandfather was older, you know, we would always drive to Texas, and my grandfather was the type where he loved his mom, okay? Right. He loved his mom, and I'm not bullshitting. Like, when I say he loved his mom, he loved his mom. Like, you could not come between my grandfather and his mom. Like, if you did, you needed to go. Type of situation. Yeah. So, we were driving to Texas, and we're in the middle of Arizona, and you got to remember, a lot of Arizona going down, you know, the highways and everything, and you're hitting, going towards Arizona, it's a lot of fucking backwoods. Which means there's nothing but mountains and cliffs. Hell yeah. And I remember my grandfather, he got really drunk. He said, we're going to go see my mom. We jump in the car. We make it all the way to, like, I think it was almost near Flagstaff. Okay, yeah. And he's and he's still, like, partially drunk, partially sober. And he starts to fall asleep. Oh, and we're and we're, on, and we're turning, and he's on the cliff road. Like you can see the cliff off to the side. It's that's literally like four a.m. in the morning, five a.m. in the morning, and the sun is barely starting to rise. And you can see the cliff, and he's just like he starts to pass out. And I remember grabbing the wheel and holding it in that one direction that he was holding it, like trying to copy him. Yeah. When he was doing it, and then he just looks over and he was like, "Good job, Mijo," and then fucking pushes uh, my hand out of the way, wakes up, and starts driving again. And I just was like, uh, horrified. I said, just let us fall. Like, no. like, 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 dude, like a lot of times it like, and I remember that's why my grandmother, she was so stressed out all the time because she would have to literally sit there and deal with this trip every single time. And she would literally try to stay awake the whole trip. So she can make sure shit like that did not fucking happen. Right. You know, but once he wanted to pass out, he was gonna, he was gonna go. It, it, he just, it, he was such a hard head. You could tell him, you're passing out, you're falling asleep, and he'd be like, no, shut up, leave me alone, I'm driving. And then I remember one time, he told me, keep me awake. And I said, okay. And like, I thought of everything. Like, I put on the most stupidest music. I and he would just be like, that is fucking dumb. And he turned it off and I'd be like, I'm trying to keep you awake, bro. <laughs> yeah. I opened the window and it was literally I think uh the temperature outside was uh around uh fifty six degrees. So it was cold. just cold. Yeah. It was really cold because desert, you know, yeah at middle of the night. And he would be like, Shut the window, it's getting cold in here. <laughs> Like, it's keeping me awake now. Right. Okay, I'm trying to fucking stay awake. Yeah. So what I did was, is there was a playlist out of a bunch of tapes from Los Bookies going yeah, down yeah, to yeah. all these, to Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton, okay? Okay. And Alabama, I have every song memorized. Because Damn. of because that? Because of that playlist? Because yeah. of that playlist. And I That's... would sing and keep him awake, because he would be like, God, you're so horrible. You're off key. You're keeping me like you're you're giving me a headache, and I'm like better a headache than dead. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> fucking damn. 
<laughs> well, wait, okay, now I want to know, what What about y your experience, Purple, with driving and all that kind of stuff? Like, what kind of driver are you? Like, have you ever so, done okay. any crazy things well, like that? Okay, or so with your parents, anything like that? My parents are both just, I wouldn't say they're horrible. They're very um, aggressively risky drivers, but not horrible. Like, my mom just makes very hard brakes. Sometimes she won't look both ways. Um, same thing with my dad, especially if he's, like, drink, drunk driving. That's, like, a whole different, like, everything's a race. But they're not. Everything's a race? <laughs> everything's a race. He wants to go 50 in, like, a suburban area, and I'm just waiting for the kid to run out. And I'm just like, you know what? There's going to be some uh, consequences to your actions. But, like, I want to say they're absolutely, like, despite saying that, they're not, like, horrible on the dailies. Those are, like, very few occasions. But, like, I guess a tiny story relating to darks is, like, I went out to Yosemite with some family, and they're from a different state, and one of them was my uncle, and they were, like, telling him not to drive, and I was like, like, I don't know, I don't, I had never driven with them, so I was like, I don't know what the big deal is, and they, it was basically the same roads, and he was like, I guess he used to, like, he was from Italy or whatever, and he was like, the thing is, like, when the streets are empty, you drive in the middle of the road, and you go, like, 30 miles over the speed limit, so he's, like, just racing in the middle, and it's pitch black at night, and... We were just like, you know what? I was honestly just expecting us to just fly off the cliff. I, and I think I the best think part, you fucking probably should have, yeah, to be honest. Like, like holy shit. I don't know how, honestly, we survived. And the best part is my dad, like, saying he's a risky driver. But the funniest shit was he's scared of heights. So the whole time, my dad's just gripping both of the handles. Both like, hands on the wheel. Like, not even, no, he's not driving, but, like, his the handle on the car door. And then he's just gripping the side of, like, the middle department. I forget what the it's called. The glove compartment? Yeah. Yeah. And he's just, like can I please drive? Can I please? And he goes, no, we'll get home faster this way. And it's like, yes, we might make it somewhere else a little quicker, but yeah, like death. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know, but it was like, so how did the, that affect the way that you drive now? Honestly, I don't think so. My parents wise, I like kind of like you, I didn't want to drive like them, but sadly, I think I kind of got over it and I just, I have horrible road rage. You could <laughs> ask honestly, anybody like anybody that we know, just, I have horrible road rage. I'm like, I think for some reason I think they could hear me. So I'll be just yelling the word stop or like fuck off or some <laughs> shit thinking they could hear me. But like, no, especially like where I live about my job's about with traffic. It's about 30 minutes away. So like I just experience a lot now, especially when I, I feel like I got a little comfortable, a little too fast. Cause like, you know, when everybody first starts driving, they're very anxious, but like I had to, my, the college I go to basically everybody was just a shit driver I've seen accidents literally happen in front of me, like, the car directly in front of me. And it just kind of became so normal, and I was like, man, like, I just... Being cautious, honestly, kind of was horrible in a way, because, like, if you went to a full, star, uh, full stop, if some person went, like, even though they got to a four-way stop after you, they would just like to go. So it was like, no. I, if, I, if I get hit, I want, like, money. So I want to make sure I'm in the right. <laughs> like, I don't want to, like... I think I had an experience recently, too. Dark slightly knows about it, but um, going to CB, Okay. I live right around the corner, too, from it, and I made a left turn, and I live on a slightly busy street. Um, it's 30 miles per hour where I am, but people like to go whatever. This woman hit me because her, I don't know, she said she had a kid dying, and I was like, so that's an excuse to hit me? So... I was doing a very, very slow, maybe five miles per hour left turn. And I was, by the way, the street, like all the houses to the left of me like to park on the street. So I can't see a certain distance. So what I do is either you have, have to, to like, wait inch and count out. Like, the cars or like slightly inch out. And I inched out and I guess 
there's this one street. She made a left, a right turn, and then is heading down my street hella fast. And she fucking hit me. And her car had very minimal damage, while mine, I can't even, like, open the door all the way. And it's it like frustrates an accordion. Me. Yeah, it's just, it was horrible. And then when it came to the insurance, it was my fault because it was a left turn. And after that, I was just like, you know what? I'm fucking done. <laughs> Look where Kasha's got me. Honestly, um, this sounds I'm done horrible. done being nice. But, like, if I would have sped out, I would have been safe rather than inching by. So I'm not, like, trying to use that as an example to not be safe. But, like, I don't know. I've just had so many experiences where, like, when I'm the safer option, I get pissed off or, like, whatever. And I'm not a risky driver. When I have people in the car, I'm usually really good. But by myself, I just don't give a fuck. I'm going, like, 10, 15 miles over the speed limit. I'm doing quote-unquote California stops like I don't know <laughs> yeah your California rolls yeah, yeah like I I don't know especially like at night there's times where I just pass like zoom by cops and then in my head I'm just like I don't give a fuck if you're they like pull me I, over I hope they pull me over really yeah I'm just like it's fine like, like everybody it, make like my day <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of in the mentality like people drive worse than me and are fine and I know that's such a horrible mentality but, like, that's just, that's how I am. If I have other people in the car, then, of course, I want to be safe. Yeah. Because, like, you know, their lives are on my hands. And, like, I don't want to take them just yet. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I'll admit it because it's it was in the past. So it's not like anybody can really hold me accountable to this. Um, but when I got my permit, it was, like, a few days after I turned 18. And I started practicing with my dad on my mom's um, car that she was... She was planning on giving to me, but then she decided not to, so I don't have a car anymore. But um, but I was practicing on that car, and um, it was a really, really awesome car. Gas guzzler, gas guzzler though. I hate I hated having to go to fucking gas station every three days because like Jesus. literally it. I wouldn't. I would. I would go to like, I would go to my mom's house and back in like um. It was like thirty minutes away. Yeah. And that would take the entire gas. Like, it, I literally had to, like, fill up before I left because yeah. I would literally not have gas. And it was so bad. Um, but uh, I literally, when I had my permit, I would I would drive, like, everywhere. And I would drive all the time. I did not, like, I was seriously, like, I was so scared every time, too, that I would get pulled over by police. Like, they would know somehow. But, like, I would, but also, I was so overly cautious that I probably did stand out to some cops that were sitting probably, on the side yeah. of the road. They were just sort of like, yeah. what is that? What does he do? Like, Did you do a full stop at a four-way stop? Like, yeah, like, like, yeah. yeah, like kind of being confused a little bit. And like, the funny thing is, you're lucky you didn't get pulled over because I've noticed that sometimes when you follow the traffic laws, cops will pull you over too. They pull you over thinking like you are drunk yeah, or some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, you're you're like, too, this guy's being too cautious. Too, yeah, He's trying, really trying to blend too, in a little bit. You're trying too much. hard, yeah. You're trying too hard. Like, go five over, you're fine. Literally. <laughs> and and I, like, I, that's, that's also how I learned to drive is because my dad, um, he, you know, he considers himself to be the best driver in the world and that's not even wrong because he's he is a very good driver and you know he's very to the rules he's very very experienced like he's he's a good driver um but it doesn't change that anytime like anytime that he was ever taking me out to practice which was like about an hour or two um every time that he would take me out um he would be anxiously gripping onto the seat and the like arm like uh you know the whole like arm handle thing on the at the top of the car yeah. he was constantly holding on to both of those things at the same time as if I was, as if I was gonna kill him, and I was going fifteen miles an hour. Yeah, like he was very, very anxious. And my ex-wife and my son did that to my daughter when she was learning when they teach her yeah. how to drive. And now she's like, she was like, I didn't even get to drive that much because you know my little brother got started acting dumb and started going, "You're gonna kill us! You're gonna kill us!" 
And she was just like, I was in the road. And I was like, like, he is the worst person ever to have in the car when you're driving. Like, and I was just like, I started laughing. And she was like, yeah, I was not allowed to drive again after that because they said I was driving too recklessly. And I said, okay, how were you driving? And then, and then she turns around and goes, I was on Country Road, which is Lodi going into Stockton. Right. Country back road. And she was only going 25. Dude, the speed limit out there is 50, bro. You know what my like, mom does the on only those thing they roads? Would die from is like old age making it home. Like, <laughs> right. Do you want to know what my mom does on those roads? 75. Yeah. Like, yeah, my, like, exactly. like, you, like it's nobody's gonna touch you, bro. Nobody's gonna touch you. And my dad would take me out to um like like areas around those where it was like country back roads, and he would be like, okay, you can go about 50 miles an hour here. I just want you to feel like the speed of the car, like how fast it can go. And I was like. Okay, so I did, and it was like that was twenty-five miles an hour. Yeah. Oh, so, really? so she just so her mom and them were just like, yeah, I'm not gonna teach you to walk because your brother's always around and he's always panicking. But yeah, I can't wait for the day I gotta teach my son and he acts dumb because I'm gonna let my partner teach him because he's kind of stricter than I am on it. <laughs> and then he's gonna be like, man, you're annoying, and he's gonna be like, well, don't drive stupid. Like, you know, but then my partner's the type also when he drives, I don't like being in the car. He's an L.A. driver. Ooh. Oh, L.A. L.A. is like a different breed. It's so a different breed of driving. Actually. <laughs> like, it's a different breed of driving. It's a different breed of everything. And I just, I don't know how he does it, but he does it. I literally went with them once to L.A. for a family funeral. And the ride there, the ride to the to the funeral parlor, all that stuff, and the ride back was the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever seen in my life. Maybe it's because I've I've been to L.A. so many times, so I, like, understand it better, but um, I feel that way about the way that you drive in San Francisco. The way that people drive in San Francisco Oh, is, no, it's aggressive, yeah. Well, it's also because it's, like, it's such a weird terrain. Steep yeah. hills. It's steep it's... hills, tight corners, like one-way streets, but there's three lanes, yes. and people are just zooming. Like... Yes, and it's, like, insane. Absolutely insane. And my cousin lives there, and she's just an absolute pro. Like, I once visited her, and she was driving me around, and she was doing this like no, like like, like it was nothing. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is terrifying. And, like, she yeah. was like, yeah, no, this is literally just how it is. I've drove there with my ex-wife at least two to three times, and, and once with my partner when we first got together. And I can honestly say he drives way better than she does in there. And he had stick shifts, so when he would, oh stick shifts, so when he so when we would park like once we had to stop on going up a hill, and the lights stopped, so we had to stop, and he literally had to put the parking brake everything on it, and I'm just like. Just We're gonna start just rolling like, down the hill. Like, yeah, that is and, my and, biggest and, and, fear. And the people literally, they don't give you, and they don't. I don't think. That, I don't think they care. No, that, they don't. That you don't. That you they don't. don't that you have a stick shit because they literally like are inches, almost if not seconds away from hitting the fuck out of your car when they no, fucking yeah. roll back and shit. Absolutely, and and that like again, that's exactly why I'm an anxious driver because nobody cares, but I care so deeply, and I just want. I don't want anybody to get hit, and I'm so scared. And, and I'm, I'm the exact I'm opposite. Literally, <laughs> you're like, I don't care. Get out of my way. Yeah, I'm literally get like, I should have fucking went so he could hit me. That way, I could beat his ass up. Like, I'm one of those people. Honestly, you because because this you whole live... episode went from parenting 
to driving instructions you know what, experience you know it's a lot of experiences from you know growing up but it's, it's pretty it's pretty good i think although okay you live like right near like like you literally live on the way to uh, a, a place that i used to go to all the time it was like i had a very specific route mm -hmm. and like you honestly you've probably road raged at me before because i was too careful and i believe that probably i wrote i like Honestly, I don't really care if you're too cautious because I kind of get it. If you're making full stop, I'm not going to be like, go fast or whatever. It's just the people that are switching lanes without using turn signals or oh, like yeah. fucking people that cut me off, etc. You know, like I had one person like purposely fucking on my way to work. I have to take this one busy road and I think it's um, three lanes for the left, three lanes for whatever. Um, and... Basically, I had one of those people that purposely keep driving in front of you and what? fucking break and shit. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, where they, they, where they like, just when you switch of... lanes, they switch lanes just to stay in front of you and yeah, be an asshole. Yeah, absolutely. I, like, was honking the whole time. I was hoping a cop could, like, see this shit. That's why I was honking. Just, I was, like, like, leave me the fuck alone, That man. And I ended up zooming around them and pulling a fucking 180 and doing the same shit to them. That sounds so petty. But it's, like, I but mean, you I know get what? it. Yeah. If I knew how to drive like that and not actually hurt somebody, I would do that probably. Yeah, like... But, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I, um... The way that I drive is, like... You know what's funny is it's so ingrained in my brain to follow the rules that even if I'm completely alone on the road, and I know this because it, I used to do it all the time, because I used to drive, um, well, I used to work graveyard shift 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. every single night. Yeah. And so when I would be driving home, the roads would be completely empty. I love that. Completely empty. But I would still use my turn signals. <laughs> like, I was still, like, I was I so, I like... I like the little things like that like are muscle memory. your brain, yeah. And oh. then also sometimes I would literally, like... Like, I'll still look behind me if I'm going to be switching lanes. Like, I'm like, like, I'm like, I know nobody's going to be there, but just in case. Like, yeah, <laughs> like you, like, there are certain things like that where you never know, but I don't know. I, I catch myself, like, doing a combination of, like, being overly careful and just not giving a fuck at the same time. I don't know how it's possible. Do you think that has to do with the way that your parents drove around you? Probably. I feel like, I think I have this ideology of, like, oh, if they could do it, I definitely can. But also, <laughs> I'm like, I want to be slightly better than them and be slightly cautious in certain ways. Like... I feel like my brakes are really good. My mom, like, slams her brakes right before she gets to the fucking, like, <laughs> second line. Like, when people cross, like, whatever. Yeah. It's just like, oh my gosh. And she, like, does instant brakes and everything. Yeah. Wow. God, Definitely. that, that goes, like, long. that goes, that goes, like, Lord, this, this this entire I'm like like I'm overwhelmed. This whole episode was like we we talked about COVID, we talked about parenting, we talked about like jobs and yeah, it wasn't too structured, and, but it was like, fine. I mean, I'm sure that the Jesus. next one won't be either. <laughs> this was also my yeah, first no. one, so obviously it was a little more difficult for me to stay on topic. And we but... appreciated having you on for yeah, sure. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. All right. I think that will do it then, because I'm not quite sure where we need to lead off from here. So. Yeah, definitely we're going to talk about the BC or CD one of these days. BC, I don't yeah, know, course, BC, right? because it's like, it, it's old school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to be a manager there, so I have plenty of stories. Yeah, yeah and we're going to talk about all of our horror stories from there, but that'll be on another episode. All right, this is Dark signing off. This is Moth signing off. And this is Purple. See you shits later. <laughs> Bye, <All> everybody. Right. <laughs>